everybody. Welcome to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast. This is one of your hosts, Austin Griffiths, sitting here with my brother-in-law, Zachary Coral. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Two Peas on a Pod and to another edition of our I Believe series. Why I Believe series. We're excited to come to you again on one of these special series. Yes, sir. We are here today on this lovely Thursday morning. And today's topic, we are going to continue this little uh, uh, episodes about how to be a Christian, how to act like a Christian. We talked about striving to be Christ-like. We talked about taming your tongue. And today's topic is we're going to talk about your attitude, your behavior, and your feelings as a child of God. And so first, we're going to talk about attitude, your attitude of being a Christian, the attitude you're supposed to have. And uh, I'm going to head this by starting off in Proverbs uh, 18 and 24. It says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Yes. You got to be friendly. Amen. You got to be friendly. Have you ever, I want to ask you a question, have you ever met someone that looks holiness on the outside. I mean, they got the good haircut on the man there. He's got a good haircut. He's you know, he's he looks good. He's nice clothing. I mean, it, the picture of a holiness man and that young lady. You know, her hair's long. She's got a proper skirt on, and just everything looks just right. But the problem is, they got the attitude of a devil. You ever met somebody like that? Yes, and, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have too. They look like it. You look right at them. They're like, man, that's a holiness person. But then they, you know, they're constantly rolling their eyes at you, being mean to people. Uh, back talking is a big one. Uh, people ignoring folks and just an absolutely unreasonable attitude. Well, that's <laughs> that's not what being a Christian is, and that is not Christ-like. That is not Christ-like. The Bible says in Ephesians four and twenty-two that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, that ye be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you put on the new man, which is after God. God created in righteousness and true holiness. And so I was teaching Sunday school the other day. Brother Zach was off preaching a little uh, weekend revival there for another church for a few nights. And, uh, and so I was taking over a Sunday school class and uh, I was talking about um, what we talked about a while back about striving to be Christ-like. And I told him, young people, I said, you know how somebody does something and you you know you just roll your eyes and walk off or whatever. I said, you think Jesus ever done that? You think Jesus ever, you know, when uh, Bartimaeus hollered out, "Thou Son of David, have mercy on me," just looked at him, rolled his eyes, and just walked off? You think Jesus ever just you know just looked you know, just back talked and you know just just unreasonable Mm -hmm. absolutely not we are supposed to strive to be christ-like yes we are now i you know i'm not perfect by any means and this we're we're not doing this series because we're accomplished in all these areas but just simply because this is what we're supposed to strive for as being a christian and i don't feel like i've generally there are some things that i have obviously had to deal with all of us have struggles and downfalls and things that we got to work on Um, sometimes we need more work than others on certain areas but i have it seems like had an easy time being friendly through the years 
and I just moved recently to a new house and the people we bought the house off of told us that our neighbors were really hateful. They said, now you're going to have a lot of trouble out of them. They said, don't don't look at their land, don't touch it, don't walk on it, and on and on. And so I didn't know really what to expect, and I was kind of worried about it. And come to find out, they was a, an elderly couple, and we went back there and met them. I went after work one evening and uh, just introduced myself and gave them my phone number, told them if they'd ever need anything, that I'd you know, be willing to help them and this and that. And uh, I tell you, we have not had one ounce of trouble. We've been there for six months now and not had any trouble at all out of them. We took them a, a fruit basket for Christmas, me and my wife and our children, and it just made their day. You could tell, it just made their day. And they brought us around some things afterwards, some candy and, and different things that she had made. And just showing ourselves friendly went such a long, long way. It, what could have been a really um, strained relationship with, with a neighbor ended up being something that's not been nothing. It's been a piece of cake. And they really like us and respect us and we respect them. But just being friendly, like Austin said, if you just show yourself friendly, because that's what the Word of God teaches us, to show ourselves friendly friendly and to be christ-like one to another to treat them good the the previous owners they said now we've had it out so i've cussed them out and uh, that's probably why they didn't like them brother <laughs> <I'd> austin <say. laughs> when she told me that i thought well that's probably why they didn't like you and uh, they're they're old church of christ people you know so they, they have re some religious background to them and so when they was treated kindly and treated with some respect it it come back to us and uh, just like the bible said show yourself friendly and uh, it works that's exactly right i was talking to a well I was texting an old friend that i grew up with the other day and uh i'm not I don't know the state of their, um, you know, if they're saved or not. I, I have no idea. And, uh, but text him back and forth and, uh, just innocent conversation. And he kind of went off on me. And, uh, I was just like, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't trigger anything. It's yeah. just like, I was just the scapegoat yeah. for that conversation. And, uh, and so, you know, I just kind of kept texting back and then it stopped. I was like, well, I don't, that was strange. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, I didn't go back off on him or anything. I just, kept texting and uh you know just kind of said well you know whatever and uh and so he texted me back a day or so later and apologized because he was having a bad day and i just so happened to be the one he took it out on yeah and uh you know but it pays um to be friendly especially to those that are lost right those that are not you know saved don't know nothing about god and me and brother seth cowart was talking um uh, the one episode you wasn't with us um, about striving to be Christ-like. And the old saying is so true that sometimes we're the only Bible anybody's ever going to read. They're not yes. going to pick it up. They're not going to go to church. And so really, the fact is, the only chance some people will have to come to Christ is you. Yeah, and to that point, um, I was working at McDonald's when I was a teenager. And uh, I mentioned this in my preaching the other night that I worked at McDonald's. And you looked. I think you looked it up one time, what percentage of... Uh, people worked at McDonald's when they was I don't remember young, but it was a, I did and you did and my wife did yeah it was it's a bunch the percentage <laughs> yeah. is a bunch but anyway uh, I worked there and there was a lady that that came to work there this was during um, the Obama years and when the economy was crashing then and that uh, they called it you know the recession and so this lady and her husband had a a good business going for a while a, a construction company. And the business failed during those times. Things went, you know, haywire, and you know how all that was. 
And so they lost their business, and she had to come to work to, at McDonald's. And uh, she was a lot older than us. You know, a lot of the people that worked there were, were young people. And she was something else. She was a she was a character, to say the least. And um, she would tell stories about working out in the big cities and, and just, you know, different things. And um, I would talk to her. I'd try my best to talk to her and to be friendly to her and to witness to her but she would she didn't want anything to do with church at all and she would let you know she'd say you know i've, I've been to church before and uh they're hypocrites and this and that and i'm not saying this at all to to toot my own horn or to give my own self any praise um because there's many of of people that could have done this but i just happened to be the one there with her and if she she could have worked with many other people i know and had the same response i know but um i was working there with her and i tried to witness to her and one day she told me and like i said she was way older than i was she was you know probably 25 years older than me and um, she told me one day she said zach you know she said i think you're the only real christian i've ever met and uh, she said that after a long time of me talking to her, you know, I didn't think I was getting through to her at all. But she finally said, I think you're the only real Christian I've ever met. Well, I, I'm, I know there are way more Christians, but I don't know who she had been around. You know, there, I know there are some uh, hypocrites. We know that. But there's a lot of good people, too. But I just said that to say that you can win people over with how you treat them. If you treat yeah. them good, then you can win them over. Even a hard person, after a while, you can win them over if you, if you want to, if you be nice to them, be friendly to them long enough. That's exactly right. And uh, in all the years of, I've served the Lord and, uh, you know, there's a difference in joking around and poking around. And then someone, some people just get really angry over stuff. And, uh, you know, for example, I know some of us on this podcast might not know me and you personally. We've been brother-in-laws, uh, brothers-in-law for, uh, you know, nine plus years now. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but very close. Even mm-hmm. when I'm gone, we talk all the time. So we're not just, you know, casual. We're you know, pretty close friends at that. Yeah. And uh, we pick on each other all the time. And one of our favorite things is to debate and carry on, even if we know we're wrong. Oh, every now and again. Just just to do it. And uh, But when the, <laughs> when the end of the day comes, you know, we give our life for one another or our kids. You know, I'd do anything for your kids and just, mm-hmm. you know, on and on. And uh, we're always together doing stuff, especially when I'm home. And the point is... There, there's a there's a there's a difference right. there's been people you know if, if i did something to you and i knew i knew without a doubt you know for an example something as simple as poking your arm and i knew if i'd done that you was going to be ready to fight i wouldn't do it right and there, there have been people i've came in contact with where i've done something very simple and uh i remember one guy one time i said man you 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 uh you hit like a girl or something mm-hmm. like that and he reared back and clenched his fist ready to hit me. And we was on the front porch of a church. And uh, he was just a younger guy. And uh, I thought, well, I won't tell him that again. Yeah. Not just because, you know, it's just because. He'll you. Yeah, it felt, you know, he was wanting to hit me right there on the front porch of a church. And I thought, well, he's got some problems, but I'm not going to put the fuel on the fire yeah. and make it worse than what is. Not because, you know, he was in the wrong. But anyways, the point is, we're not supposed to intentionally just go around making people mad on purpose. Right. As, if you're a Christian, you're not going to go want to. That's that's things that the world does. Yes. They go around just trying their best to make people mad, trying to cause trouble, uh, trying to find trouble. Well, we don't want to do that. No, we don't. And you know, God puts a premium on unity and on on fellowship. 
Matthew 5, 23 and 24 says, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and probably a lot of people could quote this that are listening to it with me. Yeah. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and thou and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. God has put a premium on on unity and on getting along you know that just something that simple getting along with each other treating people good you know this right here he said if you come to the altar and you remember that somebody has ought against thee and he said go to them and make it right before you come and worship god before you come and, and praise god with your tongue and and give god glory god said don't come and worship until you make things right with the other person if there's something that's going on get it made right and i'll tell you a little story about this right here that goes along with this there was some uh, young people that my mom and dad had all the time growing up and uh, one of the young ladies in particular was praying one night and uh, they were at a camp meeting and uh, this young lady was she was a real attractive young lady and so she was fighting with some of the other girls before church over some of the boys and stuff the, the, a lot of the boys liked her and the girls didn't like her because the boys did like her so you, you know how all that goes when you're teenagers and uh, nobody really knew what was going on like dad and mom and then that was praying with her but she was praying and praying and couldn't really get through and uh, finally said she just put her hands down and she went over on the other side of the pulpit and she apologized to one of the girls come to find out they had been arguing and fighting over one of the boys there and she went over there and apologized and when she apologized to that girl she shouted for the first time in her life shouted wow. all across the pulpit and god blessed her because she went and made things right and then came back to worship god so god sets a premium on treating people right and having things fixed up one with another we've all been there when we've went to church and sat in our pew and you know the the congregational start and you're like i just i don't feel it like i did last service you know mm -hmm. I, I, the preaching comes across and you're like man i don't feel it like i did last service and you know you think about you had an argument with your wife or with so-and-so or whatever and it hinders sure. from getting a blessing of god and it hinders your worship and uh, we need to move on but we need to have a good attitude right we need to have a good attitude if we're going to be a child of God. Yes, we do. And not only that, we need to have some good behavior. Right. Some good behavior. And so the question is, as a Christian, is your behavior holy? You know, we're talking about uh, attitudes and behavior and feelings. And uh, like you said, Brother Zach, we're not perfect by any means. And, uh, you know, we're just two flesh. We're just two uh, people of flesh sitting here, and we got to kill out our flesh every day. You know, just like right. the Bible says to, like me and Brother Seth was talking about, uh, the difference between, uh, you know, the flesh and living in the spirit, just like uh, your dad preached last night. Are you dead or alive? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so, anyways, we, we need to kill the flesh out, but it's still the Bible. You know, is your behavior holy? One thing your dad talked about in church um, when he preached that was about having a temper. And this is a serious issue even amongst church folks. You know, people that go to the house of God, raise their hands and worship, and you'd have no idea when you went home that that man or that woman had a serious temper problem. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's a difference between being angry. Everybody gets angry. Any human being on the face of this earth, some are slower than others um, to being angry, but you're going to get mad. It don't, right. you know, it don't matter. You go up and 
you know, hit my wife in the face, it don't matter how calm I am. It's going to make me mad. Yeah. Even if I was the calmest person ever or if you hurt my kid or whatever, I'm going to get angry. We all get angry. But the Bible said, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that rolleth his spirit than he uh, than he that taketh a city. And uh, and so we need to act more like Christ. And uh, I was telling uh, I was telling those young people in Sunday school the other day. I said, "Act like Christ." They spat in his face. They beat him. Yes. And then he said, "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." Yeah. And one of the young kids in your class said, "Boy, that would be hard." <laughs> I said, "Could you imagine someone spitting in your face and then beating you?" And you're like, oh, "Lord, that forgive would be them. very hard." Yeah. Lord, forgive them. But we're we're striving to be like Christ. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question here on this podcast. And the question is, have people ever witnessed you being in a screaming match with somebody? You know, in, in anger, has, you know, somebody that's lost or, you know, could you imagine being in you know, any situation at all and there being lost people all around, the same ones that you're trying to preach to, the same ones you're trying to witness to, the same ones you're trying to tell them they're going to hell, they need to get saved, and then you let your, you know, temper go out of control and I've seen that all my life. I've seen that many times. I can take you, um, take you to certain people. I've seen do that, including myself. <laughs> and uh, and uh, there were some things I had to get prayed through when I really got in here. And I can I can honestly say that I did have a temper when I got saved, and I still get angry. But my temper was when I first got saved. God really helped me with that, and uh, I was I got hot quick. And uh, but I, I don't do that no more. I mean, I can get angry, but I mean, you know, temper is different. People throw things, they scream and holler, say things they don't mean. Yeah. Some even cuss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all kinds of craziness happens when you got a bad temper. But we got to be like Christ. And uh, there was a woman that told Billy Sunday one time. She said, "Oh, I, I got a bad temper, but it's only over in a minute. It's only over in a minute. That ain't no big deal." And I love his response. His response was, "So is a shotgun." But it blows everything yeah, to pieces. Yeah, it only takes a minute, but it blows everything to pieces. And uh, you know, there's a difference in being mad and having a bad temper. But we need to have a behavior that is pleasing to the Lord. You know, there's some folks that you know, like you said, you know, say something, they're ready to fight, throw punches at the drop of a hat. Well, that ain't like Christ. Yeah, you know that that's not truly acting like a Christian. Ephesians four and twenty six says, "Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil." Whoa, watch right. that right there. Neither give place to the devil because they're very close correlated. And uh, you know you don't have to lay down and let people run over you. No, you know you don't have to. Your coworkers they can be rough. I spent some several years in the military. I've worked construction for many years. I've worked. With, I've been around some rough characters in my life, and uh, you know, you cannot let people run you over just because you're a child of God. You can stick up for yourself, but you can do it in a holy matter. You can pray for guidance. You can go home. And I like what your father-in-law, Brother Zach, said the other night. He said, you know, you can get in situations that just tear you up and you don't know what to do and you get angry and you can go home and pray about it and go back to work. And the whole, the situation ain't changed one bit, but you changed. Your perspective changed. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we can do. Yeah, I, I heard that he done good or taking up prayer requests the other night. I wasn't here that night, but they said that he got he really got with it the other night. Yeah, it but, was good. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, we're talking here about 
attitudes and behaviors and, and feelings having um, you know don't have harsh feelings one towards another and as we talked about earlier the Bible's put a principle on that uh, strong strong premium on getting along with each other Psalm 133 and 1 says behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity that is the key right there to dwell in unity when we all get together in one mind and in one accord you can look at the upper room and see what happened there when they were all in one mind and in one accord now i tell you what i do not believe brother austin that the holy ghost would have fell if they had all been up there fighting and arguing do you no no i, I don't think the holy ghost would have fell on no way if they'd have been up there fighting and bickering and uh this crowd this side was against this side and the the upper room was split down the middle and and they was opposing each other and they had hard feelings against right. each other well they the, was in one place they was in one place that's easy yeah you can get in one place but then the Bible said they they was all in one place and they were in one accord. And that's yeah. when the Holy Ghost fell. And that wasn't a Honda. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen some skits like that. Yeah. But when they got in one accord, that's when the Holy Ghost came down. And I tell you, that's when the Holy Ghost will come down among us. Exactly When we right. get in one mind and in one accord, when, when we're dwelling together in unity we're worshiping god everybody's for each other nobody's fighting against each other um, we've seen it happen many a times we've had great services right here in our church because of a lot of it is because of the unity there we have great unity and harmony in our church and god has blessed us and helped us and in fact one of the the new converts that came um, just just lately, they got saved in July. That's one of the things that drew her in. Yeah. And she mentioned that several times. She's made mention of it several times because she was raised Baptist. She didn't know anything about Pentecost, and uh, she didn't really um, she didn't know how to handle it at first. You know, she said, "This is not for me." But she said everybody was so nice to me that I had to come back. She said it made me want to come back. And the Lord got a hold of her through that, and she witnessed the unity and the family-like unit, and it drew her in. And when the when they got in one mind and one accord in the upper room, the Holy Ghost fell upon them. So it's very, very important that our feelings, like you talk about, are right. Because, you know, the Old Testament, I heard um, somebody preaching on this the other day, and I think it was Brother John Burdine. I, I just got back from there. Uh, preaching him a weekend revival and I think it was when he was teaching Sunday school I'm pretty sure and it's the first time I'd ever heard somebody say it just like this he said you know he said, we uh, we think the law was hard he said we talk about the law and and it was hard you know he wasn't saying that he said but you know the law was if you committed the crime you were guilty on but only if you committed the crime and uh, he said, but when Jesus came and the law was fulfilled and now we live under grace, he said, Jesus, uh, in other words, up the ante. Right. He said, it ain't just if you commit it. He said, but if it's in your heart yeah. and then you're already guilty. And uh, so it's a very important, you know, it, it's important to have our heart right and our feelings one toward another. You know, as a full time evangelist, you know, I've traveled all over this country in the last uh um, well, we're in 2022. I'm approaching uh, three years now. Man, time flies. It does. And, uh, you know, I've been a good portion of this country. And, uh, you know, when you go to a church 
and after a couple services or a revival or even sometimes a one night, you're like, man, this is a powerful church. Yeah. It really, you can contribute that straight to, man, this church has got unity. Yeah. Because a unified church is a powerful church. It is. And yes. you go to some, you know, if you go to a church and there's no power at all, I mean, there's lights on, but that's it. That's yeah. the only power in that place is the lights <laughs> on. And I hate to say that, but it's just the truth. Yeah. And uh, you're like, you know, sometimes you might wonder, well, there's a lot of division going on. And a lot of times that's exactly the case. A unified church is the most powerful church. And that's one thing that has been the theme of our church right here in Vanceburg is unity. And one thing that um, I've seen countless numbers of times in the nine years is when one just it don't matter who it is it don't matter if it's the pastor's son which is you or if it's a lay member that don't hardly talk it don't matter who they are right if one person's hurting it's like the whole church hurts yes it's like you can feel it and i witnessed that just a few months ago when me and my wife got completely dejected um, when we went to go get a motorhome, they, in other words, kind of laughed at us. And we came to church like, man, what are we going to do? And that first service, and we didn't hardly tell nobody. And the Holy Ghost moved in that place, and my wife was praying. A bunch of women surrounded her like they do a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Ghost just moved in that place. We was hurting. We was hurting, and the whole church hurt with us. Yeah. And then God blessed, and miracles happened, and we got one. Yeah. But that's one thing. A unity is the key. We've got to have it. You yes. need it in a marriage. You need it at the workplace. You know, you, you're not going to get a successful job done with a bunch of people that fight and carry on. You're going. You're going to get laid off. You know, there's been people right at the job that you work right now, and that I worked for six and some years. Some of them guys were unbelievable, great workers. I could we could name a few right now. They were great, but they had terrible attitudes, mm-hmm. terrible personalities. So what happened? They's at the top of the layoff list. Didn't matter how good you could do your job, if nobody could stand your guts, you can't. You know you can't keep them <laughs> around. And, uh, and and so, anyways, we need to move on, but we need to have a good attitude and we need to have good behavior. And then, lastly, as we close this episode, I want to talk about feelings here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this may be a longer episode, but um, your feelings towards one another. We've already mentioned it a little bit. Yeah. But feelings are they love? You know, we we don't have to uh, we don't have to like everybody. You know, that we'll just be let's just face the facts. There's some people you just don't like. If I got a choice, I'm not going to be around them. If I have a choice to go or not go, I'd rather not go. If you know if they're going to be there, and a lot of it sometimes is to avoid conflict. You know, some people you just don't like. But the Bible says in Matthew five and forty four says a saying to you: Love your enemies. Ooh, right. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitely use you and persecute you. Matthew nineteen and nineteen says, "Love thy neighbor as thyself." Yes. John fifteen and twelve says, "To love one another as I have loved you." And then this is what you was just saying, brother Zach. You don't, you know, you don't have to like everyone, but you can't hate anyone. The Bible says, "Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer." Right. And ye know, this is what you was just saying, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life yeah, abiding in him. I actually have that scripture pulled up. I was going to read it. <laughs> and, and, and to go with that, the verse right before that, I'll go ahead and read that one. And it says, we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren, because we have love for the brethren. That's one way to tell that we have been saved, we have been changed, 
because we love each other. You know, I've heard uh, people talk about when they got saved, you know, that it changed them in such a way uh, that even the dog knew it. And uh, Brother yeah. Jim Suits, he said that the man, there was a man that got saved. And, I don't, you know, if, if anybody on here does not know Brother Jim Suits, he's just a jewel of a man. I mean, right. he's a great man and great preacher. And uh, he said that this guy got saved and he was always uh, rough, you know, to his wife and to his children and hated the dog. And uh, he said when he got home from getting saved, he said he was so changed. He said this time instead of kicking the dog, he said he just kind of tapped it and said, scoot over, pup. When he was going in the door, I remember him preaching about that. Scoot over, pup. He said normally he would have just kicked it. But the Bible said we know that we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. We've got it down in our hearts. And and you mentioned the scripture there that Jesus told him to, to love your enemy and to pray for them which despitefully use you. You know, that's not... Uh, that is not the motto of the world. No, that that's certainly different than what the world get has. revenge, get yeah. them back. You know they love by a totally different measure than what we do. Uh, Pharaoh in the Old Testament, you know, he commanded the children of of Israel, the Hebrews, um, that all of their children should be killed, and he he commanded the midwives that they should kill all the Hebrew boys when they were born, and uh, they he, he charged them with that charge, but they refused to do it, right? Because one, they they loved, you know, by a different measure, they honored God, they honored Jehovah, they didn't honor the words of Pharaoh, and they loved their children. You know, how in the world could anybody? Um, n- not have enough love in their heart for a baby as to keep it alive. You know, to go out and kill a baby, what kind of uh, hate would you have to have in your heart? But they, they obviously didn't, and so they was different. They loved by a different measure than Pharaoh did, and Pharaoh, of course, represents the world. We love by a different measure than the world today. Um, we just read that verse there in First uh, John, but in St. John 15 and 12, Jesus said, This is my commandment, that ye love one another. It is a very important that our feelings be right towards one another, because if they're not right, then then we're not going to make it. You know, when Jesus, and I'll give it right back to you here, I know I'm talking a lot, but when Jesus began to wash the disciples' feet, he exemplified this command um, so strongly, because he, he went on to say there in John 13 and 15, he said, for I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Christ is our model. We we love after the model and the measure, not of the world, but of Jesus Christ. And the real interesting thing is, he said, I've given you an example. He was living the example right then and there, that you should do as I've done to you while he was washing the disciples' feet. And the real interesting thing is he washed Judas's feet that night. Judas got his feet washed in that foot washing ceremony, if you will. And Jesus already knew what Judas was going to do. He knew he was going to betray him in just a short while. I mean, it wasn't going to be very long at all when Judas was going to come up and kiss him with the kiss of betrayal. And he was going to turn around and take the money and trade Jesus for money and his Savior and his friendship that they had gathered. But Jesus still loved Judas and he washed his feet and he was good to him 
even though he knew what was inside Judas' heart. And so when Jesus tells us to love our enemies and to pray for them which despitefully use you, he already done it. And he, he went and he exemplified for us the very thing that he told us to do because he'll never ask us to do something that he, he will not do himself or has right. not done himself. And he exemplified us how to live as a Christian. Ephesians 4 and uh, 29 through 32 um, talks about, Paul talks about, let uh, no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. We talked about that, about the tongue. But he goes on to say, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. With all malice, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, mm-hmm. hath forgiven yes. you. And, uh, you know, there's people all over this world and also inside our churches as Christian folk that are living every day ate up with hatred for someone else or bitterness of a situation. I remember uh, preaching somewhere in the country one time and I had preached along the lines of, you know, like let it go and put off bitterness and the beast of bitterness, something like that. And uh, and this man come up to me and he just told me he got right in my face. He said, I ain't letting this go. (laughs) Only time can heal this wound. I thought, man, I done struck a chord tonight, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I I realized, you know, he uh, I found out he was ate up with bitterness about a situation, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know the man at the time, but uh, he just wasn't gonna let it go. And I told him, I said, you can let it. God can change it, just like your pastors, uh, our pastor has said a million times. He said, God can do more in five seconds than we can do in five lifetimes, and that's what I told him. I said, He can change it right now. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to go through that. But he chose to live in bitterness, that which is caused by pain, that which is caused by grief, that which is caused by regret and uh, wrath, you know, the rage, the temper that people have, the act of being fierce, you know, uh, the, the anger that boils over to the point that the anger controls you. I've heard of people that have had tempers so bad. Your dad was telling us about somebody that had a temper so bad that he pretty much lost consciousness. And he did stuff almost like getting too drunk. He did stuff and didn't even realize he'd done it. And I then when he talking about when that. he cooled back down, he was like, "I did that because his temper was so bad." Yeah. No drugs, no alcohol, just a temper, and uh, you know, anger. People get angry, like we said, but sin not. Um, but you know, clamor, noise, commotion, uproar. We're not supposed to be rioters and troublemakers, and we're not supposed to be violent. Evil speaking, putting others down, straight up gossiping one another. Oh, that's a big one right there. And uh, and then malice. Malice is the evil intent of actions. Hoping to see someone else suffer because you are suffering and enjoying mm-hmm. watching it. Doing something to somebody, knowing they'll suffer because of it, and then watching, just relishing in that moment. And we need to put these things off. Right. We need to put these things off. And there's an old saying that is so true, and I found it true in my life, and is that hurting people hurt people. Right. If you see someone that is constantly hurting people, you can't hardly stand to be around them, and uh, you know they're constantly doing something to cut you down or hurt you, more than likely it's because they're hurting. Yeah, it is. And they're lashing out from their hurt and in turn hurting you. That's why there's generational curses. That's why you've got a dad that can't stand grandpa's guts mm-hmm. and grandpa can't stand great-grandpa's guts and so on and so forth. And generation after generation, 
every man can't stand the next man, and it's because that man was hurt by his dad, and he hurt, so he hurt his son, and his son hurt that son, and that son, and it just goes on and on mm-hmm. every generation, and then finally it takes one to stand up and say, enough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to forgive my dad and move on, and I am not treating my son like I was treated. Mm-hmm. And that that's, that's happened all throughout time, all throughout this country. There's a beast called bitterness. And you know what? He's an invisible killer. Right. There are people right now sitting in church pews that are getting killed. I mean killed. And the ultimate goal is what? Their soul. Yeah. And if you let that thing fester long enough, it'll eventually take you to hell. Yes, it will. And uh, and so our feelings, our feelings, you know, I can't see the hurt. We're just sitting here in my little office I put together and uh, got a little shed and put a little office together with some books somewhere to run and hide from the circus when I'm when I'm home and uh, try to get somewhere with the Lord. We're just sitting here in a little office, just me and him and some microphones and a com- some computers and uh, just doing a podcast. We can't see your hurt. Right. We can't see your deep problems. We can't see the brokenness. We don't know where it started. We It's an inside problem. We don't know where it came from. We don't know who said it. We don't know who done it. We don't know where it started or how it got to where it's at. But one thing we do know is that your feelings towards one another, God can fix it right now as you're listening to this podcast. He can change your heart. And you know what? He may not change them. They may not get changed. You know, they got to come to the altar and get changed. God can fix them, but they might not get changed. The situation might not change. But if you would forgive them, forgive the situation, and just walk away, you can make it to heaven, and you can just be away from it. You can. There, there are situations in my life that a net they never changed, but I had to change. I had to get a different perspective, or that them things could have took me to hell. And uh, we're gonna wrap this up, but I want to say, you know, brother Zach, there are common sicknesses. You just had strep throat a while back, mm-hmm. a few times. Yeah, and pneumonia. Pneumonia is very common. Have you ever had pneumonia? I have not. Well, I have, and your lungs fill up with fluid. Strep throat pneumonia are so common. People get it all the time. All all it takes is what you do. You went to the doctor. You got a little bit of medicine, maybe some pink medicine, Mm -hmm. and you went and got it. You took it, and you got better. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal at all. But something as simple as strep throat and pneumonia both can kill you. You yep, had a you killing sickness yep. when you had strep a while back. It could have killed you. could have took you out of this world. What was the difference? You went to the doctor, got a little bit of medicine, and you was fine. But if you would have said, nah, I ain't getting no medicine, I'll be all right. And you know, the Lord could have healed you. But you very well could have went out of this world just from a little tiny sickness called strep throat. And uh, ask Jenny Whitaker. <laughs> That's how she left this yeah, world. Killed her. Yep, killed her. It can kill anybody. It, it is a deadly sickness, and so is pneumonia. But it's so small, but you got to take care of it. Right. If you don't take care of it, it'll kill you. And that's what bitterness is. That's what hard feelings is to someone. It's a small sickness. It, it's something that you can't see. It's invisible, but you leave it in there long enough. It may take five years. It may take 50. Yeah. It don't matter. What is a, a lifetime? I did one time the... 
I think I can't remember the I think the global life expectancy according the to the UN was like 72.6 years I think so, I think it was around there. Mm-hmm. What is 72 and a half years compared to eternity? Right. The devil don't care if it takes him 120 years. No. As long as you're lost, that's all he cares about. Because yeah. the Bible said he's going to be tormented day and night forever and ever. He could care less about 80 years. If that's what it takes for you to be lost, that's what it'll take. Right. If that's what it takes for bitterness to sit in and kill you, he don't care. The ultimate no. goal is for you to be lost. And so to everybody on this podcast that's listening, I say, let it go. Right. There's a song um, by the Irwins. And it's called "Give It to God," and that's a good song. If you know, if we could just uh, speak to that person right now that has uh, maybe some bitterness or or just some hard feelings against somebody, something that you have a hard time letting go, and you know, sometimes um, it's legitimate. Someone's done something to hurt you, and and it's uh, wounded you deep inside. But I would encourage you to give that to God. Turn from that. You know that, like Austin said, it's a silent killer. And turn and give that to God. That that song that I just referred to says, "Give it to God. Turn it over. Lay it in His hands. Give it to God, knowing that He's able to do what only He can. He's a burden bearer, so cast your every care. You can bring all that you've got." Why wait another day? Give it to God. So that would be our uh, our encouragement to you today is to give it to God and to pray about it and let God handle the situation. Well, we hope you've enjoyed another episode of Two Peas on a Pod on our special edition of the Why I Believe series. Come back and join us again uh, in a couple of Thursdays for our next edition of the Why I Believe. And don't forget to tune in every, every first two- and third Thursday. Every first and third Thursday of the month. And don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for our regular Tuesday episodes. Brother Austin? I'll be here. All right. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you later.